Thank you. You may be seated. Well, welcome to Fellowship of the Rockies. It's great to have you here this weekend. Uh, our men, uh, we had 42 men that went on a, a retreat up into the mountains, and, and uh, some of them are here in this service, and it was a, one of them's here, still awake. We, it was a good group of guys. Something happened. I was there Friday and Saturday morning, and Friday night about 11 o'clock, ping pong became a full contact sport. Uh, <laughs> So, if, men, if you missed it, you, you missed it. And so next year, every October, we do this. We go away to the mountains somewhere, uh, and uh, uh, we're at a lodge, and it was just a great time. It was a great time that, that we had as we pulled away. And, and so um, just a couple of things that are coming up here. Uh, Trunk or Treat is coming up. That's a huge outreach that we do here every year. October the 29th is the date. It's like a, a Halloween alternative. On your way out, also single mom oil change. We do this every year. Uh, you can sign up for that as well. Well, today uh, we're going to finish up Galatians together. And it's always kind of, you know, I always hate finishing up a book because, uh, you know, it takes on a life of its own. And, and I plan a direction and God usually changes the direction. And all of a sudden, a series kind of takes on a life of its own, and Galatians has done that. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Galatians chapter 6, verse 11. That's what we're looking at today. But let me ask, a que- ask you a question as you're turning there that Max Lucado asked in his book, When God Whispers Your Name. He, he, he asked this question, told a little bit of a story. I'll tell a story a little bit different. But, but he asked this question. He said, if, if you were to take a fish out of the ocean and place that fish on the beach... Would that fish be happy? Now, if you need to ask a fifth grader, I worry about you. But, <laughs> but if you were to take a fish and you take that fish out of the ocean, place that fish on, a, on, on the beach, would fishy be happy? Well, the answer is, well, no. Well, how about if we do this? How about if we do this? If we hand fishy $100,000 cash, non-tax, tax-free, could that make him happy? What, what if we took fishy and moved the fish to an all-inclusive beach where it had a beach towel, an umbrella, and all the fish food that it could eat? Would that make the fish happy? Well, of course not. Why? Because apart from water, the fish will never find happiness. Apart from water, because the fish was not created for the sand, the fish was created for water. So apart from water... No matter what you do to that fish on the beach, the fish will never be happy because the fish was created for water. We're no different. We weren't created for this world. We weren't created for... In fact, we were created for the Lord in heaven. This is not our home. In fact, as Paul goes to great lengths through the New Testament to help us understand that by saying that we are foreigners and we are aliens and we are strangers in this world and we are just passing through. And for some reason, we believe that there's some things I can do in this world with worldly stuff to give me lasting happiness. And so we think, you know what? A bunch of different stuff will do it. A bunch of new stuff will do it. If I get a a new wife, if I get a new husband, if I get a new girlfriend, if I get a new boyfriend, if I get a new car, a new job, more money, more toys, a new vacation, 
new furniture, whatever you want to place in there. And if I just get some of that stuff, then I'll have lasting happiness. But we know. We know that doesn't work. Because sooner or later we believe, well, it's just something else. It's just something else that we got to achieve. Or it's just something else we got to get. And it's easy to forget. We were not created for this world. We will never find lasting happiness in the things of this world, no matter how many we try, no matter how many of them that we're able to gather or to get or to have. And Paul is trying to help the Galatians to understand, don't waste your life. This is a temporary life. This isn't permanent. We were created for eternity. We were created to live with him in heaven. We're just passing through. How many of you, when you go on vacation or you go on, uh, that you view that place that you're at as your home? You understand it's temporary. Uh, you know, you understand sooner or later, I got to go back home. And Paul is trying to get the Galatians to understand where joy and peace comes from. It comes from the cross. It comes from a relationship with Christ. Galatians chapter 6, verse 11, Paul makes, writes this. It's the ending to his letter. And it's real interesting how he ends this letter uh, all, through, all through Scripture, all of the books that Paul wrote. He always used a scribe, or he always dictated his letter. Uh, Paul had eye problems. He had vision problems. He couldn't see. And so many believe that that's why he used a scribe. He dictated his, his letters. And it's the same with Galatians, except till he got to Galatians chapter 6, verse 11. And it's almost like he had so much passion and he had so much desire to communicate this message about the cross and about happiness and about peace and about joy and where there's found that it's like he jerked the pen and paper out of the scribe's hand and says, just give it to me. I cannot give through it's fast enough I'll just write it myself and watch what he writes verse 11 see what with what large letters I'm writing to you with my own hand I mean Paul is trying to explain to him and and I and them and to us and I hope you understand the message of the gospel that we are justified we're not earning our way to heaven we are not working our way to heaven we're not trying to do enough good things to deserve heaven that when you come to Christ and you accept him and you're in Christ, you're justified. It's a moment in time. It is not a process. And that we are justified by faith in Christ. It is based upon what Christ has done for us on the cross. That's the message of the Bible. That's the gospel. It is, it is, it is what Christ has done for us. And he is our focus. And Christ is the object of our faith. Which means, what's the word where we get boasting? It is in Christ alone that we boast. Watch this, verse 14. But far be it from me to boast, to brag, to celebrate. Watch this. Except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. This is a bold statement that Paul's saying, and I want you to understand what he's saying. He's not saying that the cross is one thing 
thing that I boast is one of the things that I boast in. It's not one of the many things that I boast in. The cross is kind of the top five things that I boast in. No, this is a bold statement. Paul has made a lot of bold statements through this book. And he said, the cross, it's the only thing. It is the only thing that I boast in, that I brag in, that I rejoice. I mean, he's like saying, how dare me? After what Christ has done for me on the cross, no condemnation, forgiveness of sin, the gift of eternal life, how dare me to boast and to brag about anything other than that? The cross, I'm telling you, this world is not our home. It's temporary. One day at best, 90, 100 years here, It's temporary. One day it all goes away. This boasting of the cross is more important than your house, your car, your possessions, your your things. Christianity is Christ-centered, Christ-focused. And Paul wraps this letter up and says there's three things that Christ has done for us on the cross. And the reason that we boast, and the first one is this, is he is our provision. And this is harder. Well, we'll just get to it. But this is harder sometimes for men to understand or to grab than women. But Paul would say, he's our provision. See, the Judaizers were saying this, that, that to be a Christian, that you have to be circumcised. There's some things that you have to do. There's some rituals. There's some rules. There's some regulations. There's some hoops that you have to jump through. There, there's some things that you have to do to earn heaven. And so they weren't saying that Christ didn't die on the cross. This is so important. They weren't denying that Christ died. They, they admitted Christ died on the cross, but here's what they were doing. They are saying he's not enough. See, they're undercutting the gospel. Churches are doing that all the time. And so what they're saying is, you know what? He's not enough. Yeah, Christ died on the cross. Yeah, he started the work. But guess what? There are some things you have to do to earn heaven. There are some rituals and some rules and some regulations, and there's some things that you have to do. In other words, he may have been able to start the work, but you have to, you have to, finish, you have to finish what he, he started. But Paul said in Ephesians 2.1, watch this. He says, and you were dead in the... Tra- in the in the transpasses uh, of, of your sins. In other words, you're unable to save yourself. You're dead. You're dead in your transpasses. You're dead in your sins. What, what slave can buy their own freedom? What person that's dead can rise up and help themselves? And the cross helps us to understand We bring nothing to the table. If you and I truly believe that we are justified, just as if I'd never sinned, if we truly believe that we are justified, then you come to the point where you have freedom because you're no longer trying to impress everybody else. And you can be transparent. And you can be real. And you can be authentic. Because you've been justified by the only one that matters. 
You're not living life trying to press everybody else that you've got life together, that you've got it figured out, that you don't need anybody else. That's an empty, hollow way to live. And when we have problems and when we have hurts and when we have pain and when we have sin, the message of the Bible is you run to the cross. And you go to the cross. And you need God to set you. He God to set you free because you see him as your provision. Do you realize if you want to know what you see as your provision right now, it's what you boast in. That's why even Christians struggle in a downturn of the economy. You know why? Because they see their boss, their company, their employer as their provider. Their prov- they could even, you can even see yourself as your provider and your provision. And Paul says, Paul says, no. No. Without the cross, there's condemnation. Without the cross, without being justified, there's no peace. There's no forgiveness. Verse 12, it is, it is those who, who want to make a good showing in the flesh. It's all about performance. It's all about impressing others about how religious you are, how good you are. I mean, he says, in the provisions of the of flesh, who would force you to be circumcised. These religious people were telling them, unless you do this, you don't go to heaven. Because it's about your rules and rights and regulations, about the things that you do. And only in order, why? That they may not be persecuted for the, the cross of Christ. In other words, these guys, the religious... They only care about the outward. They only even care about impressing everybody else how religious they are. They don't care about the inward. They don't care about the life. It's just outward appearance. You know when religion has gone bad? You know when religion is at its most hurtful form? Is when it tries to please both God and man. That'll leave you miserable. These guys were like, It's the cross. See, Christianity is not about human achievement. That's what religion makes it. That's what some churches make it, and they, which gives you guilt and which gives you condemnation. It's not about human achievement. It is not about Christ dying on the cross and then we're trying to achieve heaven and we're trying to work towards heaven. It's not any of that. God says, you bring nothing to the table. Man, apart from Christ, I'm a wreck. I promise you. Apart from Christ, my life, well, I was headed to a disaster. When he changed my life. Without Christ, my life would be a disaster. Christianity is not about 
human achievement. Because here's the danger. If you make Christianity about human achievement, then guess what? The church becomes about human achievement. And so you turn the church into a business and it's just business principles. And you try to please everybody. You try to make everybody happy. Because it's only what we can achieve. It's human achievement. And, and just hear my heart. Man, I want to pastor a church that nobody can explain what's going on or even why. And at the men's retreat, started listening to the testimonies and the stories of, of some of the men. Had everything from a person that, in his testimony, that cocaine, meth addiction, walked into this church four years ago, met Christ, sober four years, and now he's in Bible college studying to be a pastor. How do you explain that? All the way up. Yeah, you can clap. All the way up to successful businessmen talking about the difference that Christ has made in their life. People talking about their testimony and their story. And I want to be a... I want to be a part of a church. It's not about human achievement. It's about the Spirit of God blowing through and changing people's lives, putting marriages back together, breaking addictions, giving people true joy. It's not tied to the world. Because we can be no different than the fish, right? I mean, we can spend our time trying to build and develop the biggest sandcastle or whatever and hoping that makes us happy and then the tide comes in and just washes it away see about this issue with the cross the world is fine and they're, you know what they're good with you having any religion that you want they really kind of like it and they really talk about it but here's when the world pushes back when you, you and I start talking about without Christ I'm nothing when you and I start talking about scriptures in the Bible that says the only way to God is through Jesus Christ and so the world will tell you and what they're really telling you now is hey wake up <laughs> we've been enlightened we've made a lot of scientific discoveries we've learned a lot of things there's not just one way to God there's multiple. In fact, it doesn't even really matter. There's just multiple ways to God. In fact, is you can even decide. Do you notice the pride in that? God doesn't decide. I decide. I decide how you get to God. I decide the path. I decide the way that you get to God. I mean, I determine how you get to God. Who gets to go to heaven? See, the issue is not how many ways to God there are. 
The issue is our autonomy. The issue is our arrogance. The issue is our, our pride. You see, the cross is a defense to pride. Because it says we bring nothing to the table apart from Christ. And we are nothing. And what concerns me, especially with the last statistic that just came out in one of the, the trade magazines and popular magazines, a statistic that says there's a growing number of Christians, professing Christians that believe there are multiple ways to God. Man, if that is you, let me just tell you, that is not the gospel of the Bible. That is not Christianity. That's just like every other religion in the world. The gospel, Christ-focused, Christ-saturated, and it is the gospel that teaches us that it's because of the cross that there is no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. Verse 13, for even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law. Hello? He's trying to help them understand. Even the guys making the rules, even the guys telling you what to do, they can't even keep the rules. Because religion is about outward. But they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. They want to brag about you because it's human achievement. You see, it's human achievement. Look at, look at what we're getting them to do. Look at, look at see, that, that the re- religion is this, is, the, is you just get more people to do the right things with no inward change because it's just about the outward, but it gives guilt and it gives kind of, because you, you never feel like you measure up. So he's our provision. He's our protection. Uh, watch this, verse 12. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who, why, who would force you to be circumcised and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. You see, this is what was happening in the first century. And, and uh, is it the Jews were coming to Christ and they were being persecuted. They were, they were being kicked out of their synagogues. They were being kicked out of their families. They were being ostracized. And so what was happening is they were being persecuted. So Paul said, you know those Judaizers guys? You know those guys that are, you know why they're telling you this? They don't want to suffer. They don't want to suffer. You see, we look at at our world today about the prosperity gospel, and, you know, and we talk about it, and some of the largest churches in America are prosperity gospel. They're filling up ginormous stadiums, and people are flocking to hear them, and they're telling them what they want to hear. And it's, it's, a, it's a message of God wants you healthy and God wants you wealthy and God wants you happy and, and all that stuff. It's, it's Christ without any sacrifice. Do you know it's well, it was well in the first century as well? That there's a group of Christians that believed? Sacrifice shouldn't have any part of following Christ. There shouldn't be a cost that... The first people that martyred Christians was not the Roman government. It was the Jews, the Jewish leaders. They were persecuting them so, to, so they didn't have to suffer. 
They said it was just keeping these rules and regulations and rituals. And, but if they came to Christ, there was, there was a cost. Look what Paul says, verse 17. For now, let no one cause me trouble. For I bear on my body the marks of, of Jesus. Paul says, I'll, I'll show you what happens when you follow Christ. There's a cost. A little glimpse of my journal right now. And one day we'll expand on this here, but there's three levels of commitment in the Christian life. Or of maturity, let's say. There's the first one. I'll follow Jesus as long as it benefits me. No cost, no sacrifice. Don't ask me to do anything I don't want to do. Don't ask me to share my resources. None of that. So I'll follow him as long as it benefits me. The second level, I'll follow him and I might give some. I might give some of my time. I might give some of my resources. But as long as it really doesn't cost me anything, as long as I don't really miss it, as long as it doesn't really change my schedule, as long as it doesn't force me to change anything in my life, I mean, I may move to that point. But the level that Paul is talking about, I'll give my life to it. I'm totally in. Regardless. Because this, this isn't my home. Your best life now is sacrificing so others can have their best life. That's, we do, that's why we do trunk or treat. That's why we adopt an elementary school. That's why we do the things that we do. Your best life now is so we can sacrifice so people can have eternal life and have their best life. I want to pastor a church that is not about human achievement, but it's about the power and the spirit of God that blows through a people group. Who could ever explain some of the stuff that is going on here? And the acceptance that you guys have. Yeah, there's a guy a few years back and. Uh, they had been in our church just a few weeks. And uh, he came up to me. The guy came up to me and says, you know, Pastor, I don't know if you know this, and, uh, but I w was at the front door, and I was greeting at the front door, and someone walked in, and they're really drunk. Uh, if, you'd, if, if you'd like for me to, I'll, I'll be happy to go explain to them and, and ask them to leave. And I was shocked. And so I just looked at him and says, well, where else would you like this man to go? You want him to go back to the bar? Or you want to accept him? And you want to sacrifice so that he can have his best life. And by the way, both those men are still in our church, and I think they're friends.
Now I'm telling you, it's not about human achievement. It's about sacrifice. Who has ever gained anything worth having without sacrifice? We teach it in the sports world. We teach it in the business world. We teach it with hobbies. We teach it with all different types of things. But boy, you bring it into the church and people push back. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. It's just how it benefits me. It's all about me. So, So he's our provision. He's our protection. The last thing is this. He is our purpose. He is our purpose. He's what gives you reason to and reason to live. Verse 14, but before be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Paul is saying, I am dead to this world. This world has nothing for me, just as the way that a fish can never be happy in the sand. Paul has said, I will never truly be happy in this world. Because I am dead to this world. I've been crucified to the world, and the world has been crucified to, to me. And he's, he's saying this, the world is not the source of my satisfaction and joy. You make the world the source of your satisfaction and your joy, I promise you, it will leave you empty and always wanting more. It's a mirage. Because we weren't created for it. It is not our home. And Paul is saying, you take the best this life has to offer And it is not enough. Because Christ, man, Christ is, is everything. I mean, they tell the story of when, in the first century, when, when many Christians were being martyred for their faith, Constantine, emperor of the time, witnessed most of the Persecutions, the Christians being martyred for their faith. And it was a slow death. It was a grotesque death. It was a painful death. And do you realize after that, Constantine became a Christian? Because he saw at the point of death, these believers did not denounce their faith, they started quoting scripture. They started worshiping him. Jesus mocked, beaten, nailed to a cross. And why did he do that? He sacrificed so we would know that he loved us and cared for us to reach us. And his methods have not changed. He's what gives us purpose in life. And I know this is a radical way to live. I know that third level is a radical way to live, to say this world has nothing for me. The cross keeps us from wasting our lives. The cross 
keeps us from wasting our lives on earthly, temporary things that will burn up, waste away, be destroyed. And Paul says, the world does not supply my satisfaction and my joy. So, can you be proud of your kids? Can you be proud of your career, your profession? Can you be proud of your education? Can you be uh, proud of a husband or a wife and what they've uh, accomplished? I mean, I'm concerned maybe some people are going, well, wait a minute. Can I be proud of any of that stuff? See, here's the beauty. At the cross, we realize none of that other stuff would be possible without him. We realize at the cross, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. At the cross, there is forgiveness of sin. No sin is too big. No sin is too great. I hear Christians talk all the time like some sins are really forgiven of God and, and some sins aren't. Every sin at the cross. Without the cross, apart from Christ, I am a wreck, I am nothing, and without that, it would be impossible to have the family, the relationships, the situations. Just like the fish will never be happy in the sand because he was not created for the sand. And it's a slow death, by the way, and the same is true for us. We were not created for this world. And it will not give us lasting happiness. And when we believe it will, it's a slow death. These last eight weeks, ten weeks, whatever it's been, I have attempted to preach the gospel as clear as I could freedom from religion, rules, rituals, regulations, to just preach the pure gospel. And it is my prayer that every one of you have understood it. If you haven't come to the point to where you've accepted him and surrendered to him and come to the cross, well, this is the day that you would accept him, ask him to come into your life for forgiveness of sin, and start walking with him. And maybe this morning you're a believer. And maybe you've developed some religious beliefs and religious views. Maybe you believe that you're earning your way to heaven, you're working your way to heaven. It's about Jesus plus human achievement. Would you be released of that this morning? 
bow your heads? This is a personal message to me because the cross changed my life. Man, I promise you, your pastor, that if it wasn't for the cross, my life would be a wreck. know what it would look like, but it would not be pretty. And this morning, some of you need just to come to him and surrender to him and say, I give up trying to find happiness in this world and things and sandcastles in the sand and all that other stuff. But now I understand why I cannot find lasting happiness in this world because I am not created and was not created for this world. Some of you as believers, boy, I pray you understand the gospel at a deeper level. Don't waste your life. Someone sacrificed so you could come into the kingdom of heaven, and so should you. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for grace. Father, we thank you for the cross. And we thank you that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I pray for those this morning that need to accept you. I pray for those that need to make some changes in their life. Father, I pray for those that need to understand that happiness is found in you and you alone. Not one of us in this place is here by accident, but it's by your sovereign will that desires for all men to be saved, all men to come to you, and all men to have a relationship. It is not your desire that anyone should perish without you. And may we respond in the way that you have called us to respond. For we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.